Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, Halloween now is over, and we are in November. How did it get to be November already? just goes by so quick. Let's talk about the important people, and that's Denoma. Denoma is an alternative rock band hailing from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have Denoma. And they're going to do a little sound off of who they are and what instruments they play in the group. Okay, my name is Nick. I play violin. My name is Tim. I play guitar. I'm Darren. I play drums. Stephanie, vocals and uh, rhythm guitar. And Shelly, bass and vocals. Excellent. So why don't you give us a really short music origin story for each one of you? Well, I guess the the band kind of started out with uh, Shelly and I um, doing a little acoustic rundown. Um and then slowly formed, uh, I guess, an addition of members. <laughs> I've been playing music since I was like seven, playing drums. I come from a big, big family. My parents forced us to make music, and I joined these guys about two and a half years ago, I would say. Okay. Yeah, I joined in 2012. Um, I come from some other bands and different musical backgrounds, but I've been playing guitar ever since. Um, I think I joined to play one song and ended up playing the set. So. Yeah, we kind of kept them around. <laughs> I began playing uh, when I was about seven years old, formal lessons, playing through orchestra and such. And uh, I joined the band about 12 years ago. Um, it's what started, I, I did, I recorded some tracks for an album they had, and one thing led to another, and I became part of the band. <laughs> And I've been uh, into music since I was really little. I started playing a lot more when I was like 13. My dad like had recently passed away. He taught me bass, guitar, stuff like that. So it's music's always been in my family. Very cool. You guys talked about what instruments you played in the band. Does anybody play other instruments besides what you play in Donoma? I play noise guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to teach myself banjo throughout uh, lockdown and stuff. So yeah, it's a difficult one. Cool. I messed around on a few other things. When I was in high school, I played um, a couple different instruments: flute and um, bass, clarinet, and uh, baritone saxophone for a little while. You play a little piano. A little piano, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So your band director was was happy or not happy that you were doing all those different instruments? Oh, very excited. Yeah. He was actually one of the biggest inspirations I had for playing music. Oh, why don't you give us a little story behind that? Uh, so, Mr. Haas, who unfortunately passed away, he actually was a big rock and roller. Um, he, every year, he would host a um, 
Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club performance. Um, so he would do something off to the side and encourage people to uh, get into a little bit more other than orchestra or I guess, you know, uh, big band music. He would put together stuff where people could pick up guitars and, and drums and things like that and perform rock and roll music. He first encouraged me to start singing. I was, n- was never in choir or anything like that. But he used to let me sit in this practice space during my lunch breaks and things like that and just write my own music and play. At that time, I had just been starting to play guitar. So he offered me a spot to sing doing this stuff and record some of my music there and, and just kept pushing me to start a band. <laughs> Excellent. Very cool. Does anybody else have like a similar story about um, a musical influence? Um. I mean, I used to play bass in a band called Pissed Officer with a guy named Frank that's passed away. He's a big punk influence in town, started the punk picnic, um, punks on the pier. Played with him for a while and actually his son too. So um, I'd say he's a big influence on how I evolved as a musician. You guys have some stories. <laughs> I would just say my family in general. Like I said, I came from a big family. My parents encouraged all of us to, to learn music. And me and my brother started our first band, actually, when we were probably 13 and 16. He was my older brother. We wanted to like Van Halen. We're the Van Wolf brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, one of my biggest inspirations, you're looking at him. Yeah. Thank you. These guys keep me going. Wonderful. So this band has been together since what year? 2000 and... I believe. Well, her, her and I started in 2007 okay. uh, with a couple of other people. Like you said, we were doing like acoustic shows, uh, light drums, small hand drums. Anytime we get a chance to play, we play kind of thing. Yeah. That's when it started. Our uh, it was a first, official first show was Chicago Peace and Hemp Fest. We had half an hour. Biggest One of the biggest crowds I think we've ever played for. There was like 3,000 people there. I was nervous. It was terrible. It was terrifying. <laughs> I have stage fright still to this day, but I try and play it off. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. So what would be like some bands that would is influencing your sound and style for Denoma? Oh, I think we have a big eclectic um, mush of, of different genres that inspire all of us. Everybody has different backgrounds, but similar tastes, I guess. I grew up listening to a lot of uh, like outlaw country and um, rock and roll, Guns N' Roses, Pearl Jams, and The Stones, Beatles, things of that nature too. Um, so that's where I get a lot of my inspiration. 80s and 90s kid grunge and punk and alternative, you know, like the Pixies, Nirvana, Seven Seconds, all those good ones. Well, as a kid, I grew up with uh, names like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And later on, I would listen to David Bowie, uh, Nirvana, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of varied, uh, varied sounds. So you guys are drawing from a whole bunch of different decades and genres to, to form this band called Denoma. And when you first started out, uh, social media was starting to get started, but wasn't what it is today. How did you guys get your name out there t- for people to come and see you play? Flyers. <laughs> Calling our friends and walking the streets with flyers a lot of the times. And then MySpace happened. Right. But 
Yeah, before it was just really word of mouth and hitting the street and talking to people. And we all know a lot of musicians always trying to, yeah, like we, uh, you know, a lot of us know a lot of people in like groups and stuff. So when we started playing shows, we had a lot of people that they knew would come out and then tell one friend, they tell two friends, they tell two friends, you know, gotcha. having a friendly conversation with somebody at a bar over a drink. Kenosha's a little bit unique in that it has a really, really strong music scene, and we all kind of know each other, people who play in different bands, like that. I think more so than uh, many communities. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, a lot of communication uh, just that way. Yeah, a lot of great musicians, and a lot of our friends are, are all musicians. Speaking of, of performing and knowing a lot of people and having a great music scene down in Kenosha, what venues did you guys start out performing at? And where are you? I mean, pre pandemic, where were you playing? And now that places are opening up again, where are you playing now? So, kind of give us a little bit of history of where you've grown throughout the community. I guess the, some of the first places we really started out at were out here anyway, it was like Hatrick's, yeah. um, was a big staple. It was uh, even still to this day, I think it's. It's a venue that gives a lot of opportunities for bands to first start playing. Mm-hmm. Um, down like the Broad Stop. There's some other ones out here. Public Brewery. Public Brewery. Mm-hmm. Patrick's. The Port. The Port. Yeah, we've been, you know, uh, before pre-pandemic, uh, we, with our uh, second album, Falling Forward, uh, we were signed under, or not signed, but working with Tom Red. <laughs> Working with a company that helped us set up some shows uh, that have gotten us out to uh, Texas a few times. We were traveling around a little bit there for a while, getting out of town quite a bit. We were just getting set up to do so with this new album and uh, released our album right before everything got shut down. Ouch, yeah. Yeah. So now that things are opening up again, have you started playing out or are you still waiting? We've played a handful of shows. Um, our first show back was at the newly reopened public brewery. Mm-hmm. They opened a different spot right at the end. Of, right when things started opening up. Okay. Um, we just played Fusion. We just played Fusion here in town and Union Park Cavern. We have a show coming up in Milwaukee at Anodyne in Walker's Point. Um, we have another one in a couple of weeks in Cleveland at the, what is it? The Foundry? Foundry. Cool. Very yeah, it's cool. a slow, steady pace. I mean, every, with everything just starting to open up, we've sent out, I mean, you've sent out hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of emails and it's kind of been like, well, we're not there yet, but when we get there, you know, we'll Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Right. Have you ever... Have you played any of the, the outdoor festivals in Wisconsin or surrounding areas? We've played Summerfest a handful of times. That's probably one of our one of our favorites to play. We haven't been able to do that in a couple of years. Was it the same stage or were you at different stages throughout those years? A couple different stages. One was um, the U.S. Cellular. We got to play that. The K&E stage, which was like an emerging artist stage, had a good set there. Um, Played a rebel stage, which was locally, how to put it, locally sourced age. Got to play with people that we didn't know, people that we knew. It was, it was a good way to get out there. Good crowd because it's right by the lake. People like to go there and cool down. So, right. Yeah. Cool. And what were some of the positives that you guys got out of playing at Summerfest? 
podcasts are by crowds. You know, you meet a lot of people that you probably never would have met otherwise. Exposure press. Mm-hmm. We've made the paper. We were on the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it helps get your uh, name out there to people that would never hear you otherwise. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Let's kind of talk about the local scene attitude that you have experienced. Let's talk about the pauses first. What like great things for musicians have you seen happening in your town? And you know, we we don't have to think about COVID at all. We could just think about it just as, you know, what are the positives coming out of it that you've seen? Well, one thing, Kenosha, it's it's had a pretty good variety of different music forms. Um, like especially for its small size, that's one good good mm-hmm. thing about. Yeah, um, and there's been a lot of new faces too. A lot of um, new people are moving to Kenosha too from Illinois and things like that. Just as a whole, I'm seeing a lot of new faces from out of town where people are moving in. That brings in more people to shows and new musicians. And there's like an, a very large fresh breed of like young musicians that couldn't play in bars before. So like a fresh 21 crowd that's kind of exciting to see too. I do feel like we have a very good community here of musicians where everybody's. Everybody's trying to set each other's amps on fire or make the other amps on portable. <laughs> Everybody here works as a team and want to help each other succeed as much as possible. Have you seen any struggles in the local scene that you feel like is maybe suffocating it that maybe needs to get changed to help the music scene grow better? One thing, I, I think it would be nice if there was some more opportunities for all ages shows. We used to have a few places like um, the Danish Brotherhood, which um, is not here anymore a few moose lodges or something, I think. But there used to be a lot more um, areas where you could, if you weren't legal to be in a bar, you still had an opportunity to start exploring, playing live and things like that. Swing State in Grace Lake was one of them. That, that was, that's, that's not here anymore. Do you know why those places didn't succeed? Um, the owner's, his, his heart was it's still in it. He still tries to get like everybody that he knows. Like he just had like a camping thing a, a couple months ago that everybody went, you know, to see each other again. Kind of, again. Yeah. And, uh, Danish Brotherhood sadly got burnt down in the riots. Oh, and okay. it was a block from our practice spot too. So that was, it was a, a little heartbreaking to drive past it and see it not there anymore. Yeah, I totally understand that. So yeah, more places for underage or under bar age for musicians to play is something that you love to see. And I've heard that a lot from a lot of different other groups too. It's just that under 21, there's a lot of talent in those young musicians that they just don't have a a lot of places for them to go and perform for people. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned your your current record, but let's talk about all your records. Start with your, about your first one first. How did you approach that one? How did you find the recording process and where did you get it recorded at? Uh, we got recorded at room zero studios, which actually is, um, our friend Ian Lund who, uh, ended up moving away and we uh, practiced in that same space that we recorded our first album in to this day. That was such an interesting experience. I had, I want to say I'm like the freshest one as far as musicianhood. I've never been in other bands. I basically started playing on my own and then some music with Shelly and then Denoma mm-hmm. came to existence and that's really all I know. So that process really taught me anyway things like how to tune my guitar properly or, you know, I guess, I guess what the whole recording experience is like. Um, and a lot of those songs were written 
uh, I guess in my youth, youth, <laughs> like um, I, my 16 year old angsty self. <laughs> it was, it was one heck of a process, like learning new techniques of recording. Like uh, I'm pretty sure we took like certain amps in like certain areas and tried to get like, like room sound or like in a good acoustic sound kind of thing. We did a lot of tracks. We did, we recorded a lot with that one and then kept some, kept did some of them we didn't and kind of the same thing with the second album too. We had to have it in with these first couple ones. We didn't, we just kept writing and writing and writing. And so we thought we'd present all of them and then try to record all of them and see which ones stuck, which turned into a whole process. Um, I think the difference between those first two and our newest one is um, we recorded everything separate, basically. We got the drums down and then came back in and redid all the guitars, redid all the bass and all the vocals. So it ended up, what we thought would be a couple weeks or a month process turned into a year, <laughs> year and a half. Um, yeah, that, that, that does happen for sure. Um, so your latest album is... Recording number what? Is this your fourth album, did you say? Third. Third album, but we do, we do have an EP out there, too. Let's talk about the, the latest full album. Where did you record that, and what was the process, and what did you learn from that one? Our friend Mako actually recorded us um, for, the, for the newest album. Um, we learned a lot. We kind of wanted to come in with this one with a more raw energy. Um, all of it was pretty much recorded live except for the vocals on that one um this time around we kind of just thought we would go dive head first and not write 30 million songs and then try to record all of them at once we kind of would spend nights in the studio and just write and record it and see which ones kind of stuck around um and then just build them immediately like okay that sounds like that could be a song let's let's run with it you know and a lot of these ones started off with a, a song title first um before there was any concept to it um you know like uh nobody wants us you know timmy came up with a guitar riff and we're just hearing in our head this whole time nobody wants us nobody wants us and took that and ran with it sometimes um the vocals all the lyrics changed the day of <laughs> jumping into the studio but this one we wanted to come in with a, a kind of more of a concept and a reflection on what our society deals with in the state that it's been in and um the past several years politically and environmentally and, and things of that nature well he's been one of our favorite people to work with just the ideas he has uh going in and everything and uh he blows my mind with some of the stuff he comes up with too yeah he's he's taught a lot and he's basically become part of the tribe too yeah we consider him you know part of the Genova family Patty, who's the one that kind of suggested you be on here, how did you guys meet up with him? We were playing that uh, Battle of the Bands and mm -hmm. um, Racine. And McAuliffe's. McAuliffe's. We were playing Battle of the Bands where we were playing against several bands and we actually won first place and we got to play at Summerfest. Well, Patty was one of the, the people that were... Uh, he was one of the judges. One of the judges there. And that was the first we met, mm -hmm. met him. Yeah. We got real close to Patty after that. Um, he helped us build our second album with us. Um, he He's still our uh, stage manager. Um, but a lot more than that. I mean, he created all the photography on our last album. Mm -hmm. Amazing photographer and artist. 
helping yeah. concepts and everything. He was a big part of the second album too. Mm -hmm. He was he was there in the thick of it with us during recording, uh, setting up our Kickstarter program to try and get money to produce the album, to get vinyl shirts, merch, like everything. And he's he's always been a big part of us too. Yeah, as soon as we got to know him, it was hard not to fall in love with him and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's a great guy. I've known him for for years. Um, him being in the Racine Kenosha, me being in the Racine Kenosha area. Next, let's talk about some songs from your recordings. Why don't you kind of give us a little story behind each one and go from there? Why don't you talk about Rust Belt? Maybe I, I came up with the whole concept of that album artwork and. Well, um, I mean, Rust Belt Tragedy is kind of about. Um, I would say, you know, the whole changing and emerging of how America used to be with the American dream just basically kind of faded away. Um, we kind of used like, you know, the old car aspect with, you know, American Motors, Nash and all that being a big um, influence in our hometown and how that kind of changed things. And um, not only that, just people around us, like our parents experiencing this firsthand. I mean, even Nick, too, uh, caught the end of that, you know, um, that that age. The industrialization of the country, seeing the high-paid jobs leave for overseas and what's left behind are not, you know, not so well-paid uh, jobs of different kinds, and and a lot of people, you know, it left a lot of people behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
your head a record high. Everybody look good and sleep well tonight. Skies will be clearing. We're going to bring it to Stephanie now, live from the Rust Belt. I guess after we had written the song, or I think we were talking about the concept of what how the approach we wanted, Timmy goes, Oh, I, that's kind of like, you know, Rust Belt is what we're really talking about. And um, that turned into the name of the song, which helped uh, come up with the title of the album, American Rust. Cool. Very cool. So, um, what's another song you guys like to talk about? Maria? Yeah, Maria. Maria was an interesting one to write because I think, is that right when you were leaving too, right? Yeah, that's around that time. Yes. So we had like a short period of time to really uh, get a couple songs squished in and record with him before he left for California for a while. Um, that one, I was just messing around with the guitar part on the porch and I was like, that's, that's something. And it only had about two parts to it. Uh, when we recorded it, um, it's, we had recorded just the whole layout of the song. And at that point, Timmy had left. So for that one, I had to figure out how to fit a whole story about, um, you know, it's about immigration and dreamers and, and things. Um, but I had to figure out how to tell a story about a woman experiencing uh, coming to America and trying to build a life here in five lines, I guess. So, or five, you know, so that's, that was a nice challenging one. Because once that music was set, it was set.
Nobody Wants Us would be a good one. Um, Timmy came up with that one we were talking about before. And that was one of those ones. There's not too much, I guess, like, uh, I want to say, not thought, but. Well, it's kind of more of a punk song. So, um, I mean, it's kind of a melodic punk song, but we kind of took that approach, you know, give it to America, like, Nobody Wants Us, and kind of fit into the Rust Belt. And it's kind of like the frustration of like what millennials are experiencing trying to grow up in the political climate that we live in today. If I could say something about it, yeah. I'm older than the, all the other band members. Um, the world that they're in is a lot different than the one that existed when I was there. And there's, it's a lot harder being younger, getting out in the world these days. And I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that's, that's a lot of what's in the song is that, you know, they're, you know, they've seen the 2008 crisis, they're, you know, um, you know, all kinds of other issues, you know, healthcare that's not accessible, things like that.
ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. All right, back to the interview. So what goals do you have with this latest recording do you guys want to do with it? We're hoping to take this as far as possible. I mean, I know COVID has been a bit of an issue. Again, you know, things are starting to shut back down again. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's it hasn't ended. So our, our goal, I guess, is to just do what we can, see how far we can take it. We're trying to get out there a little bit more as far as getting out of Wisconsin and seeing if we can tour. Our first goal is to maybe shoot around the Midwest as much as possible. Stay slightly close to home and just circle around here for a little bit. What venues do you want to play in the future that you haven't done yet? I would like to play the Metro in Chicago. I, I It's just a great, great venue. I've, I've been there many, many, many times. I wouldn't mind playing First Avenue in Minneapolis as well. They're just, historically, they're awesome places to see music. And I would love to say that I've shared the stage with some of the artists that have played those stages. If it is it locally or nationally or anywhere? Like Red Rocks, not doing anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Red Rocks. I don't know. I've never played in Europe. That'd be awesome. I could stay anywhere, whether it's someone's porch or, right. or an arena. Have you done the state fair? No, no, actually, not yet. <laughs> well, hopefully soon. Hopefully, maybe next year. Yes. Yeah. As we're winding this down. There's a couple of questions, more questions I have for you. The first one is work-life balance. Are you doing well with balancing your work life with playing music and other fun stuff, or is it kind of a challenge for you? I was recently told that I get to work from home indefinitely, so it makes it so much easier to do what I want musically. It's, it's fantastic. So I can just uh, you know step away from my my office, which is my dining room table. And go play play drums or whatever for a half hour if I want to. So, yeah. it's, it was a little hard for me for a while. Uh, I run kitchens and manage bars. And being a manager, you got to be there. You do everything, help everybody all night. And uh, yeah. that's been a struggle. Like, hey, guys, you got to go set up the show. I'll be there in 45 minutes. <laughs> Somebody called in today. Like, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, find the time to try to schedule everybody between their their. Well, Nick's got the busiest schedule now at this point, right? He's retired, so it's really hard to keep up with him. <laughs> um, I own my own. I'm self-employed. I own my own house cleaning business. I can make my own schedules and miss certain days, but once I do that, the catch-up part, I guess, is the hardest part. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to work. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Now I work in sales job, so we're good. Desk is a lot easier. Because uh, obviously, always did work or something that was a little more physical. So um, now I'm only mentally drained. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's a little easier to balance things, but um, I don't know. I always found a way to make things work or fit. So, but it can be a little strenuous, especially when you got things coming up and you know got to prepare. You sometimes have no choice. Right. Right. Yeah, we do. I mean, we do really consider this as a job. 
you know, and, and that we're building a, or attempting to build a career out of it. You know, so a lot of times I think a majority of us, when you work in the morning, you don't sleep at night either. And you just keep going and going. Right. Right. Um, it was a lot easier, like when we were younger to think of the idea of like, well, I'll just quit my job and right. do what I want to do, you know, you know, and then real life kind of sinks in. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Um, Actually, the episode is with Emily White, and she has this book called How to Create a Sustainable Music Career, and basically how to get all the money you can from all different music sources. It might be something for you guys to look into um, if you're really looking. Yeah, something you might really want to be interested in, in listening to. And she has a book and a podcast based all the way around, and she has the book in multiple classrooms th- throughout the country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm currently uh, stuck to my couch. I have a possible ACL issue. Um, so I need something to do. I'd love to pick up a copy of that. Maybe get it on my Kindle or something. Yeah. Maybe something to read. So my second to last question is aimed at everybody because it's it can be a different answer for all of you. A gig that made an impression on you and why did it make an impression on you, either as a performer or or as an audience member? Like, my, I guess one of my first concerts ever, um, I went to see Pearl Jam when I was about 15. Okay. And um, he had popped up on stage doing Bush Leaguer, uh, wearing the Bush mask and uh, with the cigar hanging out of his mouth and stuff. And uh, did the whole performance thing and took it off and made a speech about how important it is to vote and, and things of that nature. And you can hear a pin drop in the entire stadium. And everybody's eyes were just focused and listening. And um, everybody seemed very engaged at that moment. And and I thought for a second, that's, that's something I would like to experience and do. Very cool. Very cool. I used to go to the rain a lot when I was, you know, like in high school. I listened to a lot of new metal, that kind of thing. And just like, the crowd like being in the crowd and just being there with like every person everybody's there with you you know you fall down they pick you up and it's kind of the same thing all around and then you just look up and you're like man i'd love to be on that stage one day you know Mm -hmm. i was lucky enough to get to see uh david bowie when he did a sound plus vision tour when i think i was maybe 16 or 17 at the time it just amazed me how you could just melt the two worlds of, of dance and art and music, three worlds actually, all together into this this crazy extravagant show. And and it's David Bowie, man. <laughs> <laughs> just killed it. It's fantastic. It just inspired me to want to do that kind of thing. Yeah, he was definitely a stage performance act for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. For me, I think if I had to travel back to that, it would be like local punk music. Um, seeing bands like the Ace Kids or Pissed Officer play, um, that always made me just want to play and you know be involved in it. And then, I mean, um, today I play with those bands. So, um, I think that's like the hugest thing that um, ever influenced me. You know, I you think back to old Hatrick shows and stuff. All he just shows with bands like Total Chaos, Beautiful Bird, stuff like that, and um, just going there and, um, you know, being a young kid and just changed how I looked at things in life even. And then, um, you know, I, that's why I'm still here. And then 
even got to see some of my favorite bands the last few years. I mean, that was the equivalent, you know, if I can think back. Um, never thought I could get that excited, but um, the energy was there as a kid, you know. Excellent. Very cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's good. I was just thinking it's between a couple different shows. Um, one was a David Bowie uh, concert I've seen in Chicago at the Area Crown, and that was that was phenomenal. Uh, I really uh, I really like David Bowie uh, from way back. Um, but I think the first major concert I seen was the Fifth Dimension, and being that it was the first one, you know, I was a kid, you know, that that stuck with me. You know, just being the first experience. Very cool. Yeah. A lot, like you guys said in the beginning, you guys are drawing from a whole bunch of different genres and decades, and it seems to be working for you. So congratulations on that. Last question to wrap this up is what's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to that you feel deserve more recognition that are not getting enough of it right now? Uh, for like two years straight, I can't take Poison Idea off my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it just energizes the hell out of me. And, uh, I mean, I even got, I called 911 on the show actually in Tacoma, Washington. I felt it was too good, it was dangerous. That's <laughs> <laughs> involved a drink too. But, um, but yeah, the, they don't ever leave. But, um, I don't know. I recently heard a band called The Dommers that I thought was pretty cool. Um, they're not like on a major label or anything. Um, I want to say they're out of like that LA area, but that, that's kind of cool. Um, it's been sticking with me. And another one is Nasal Rod. If no one's ever heard of that, they're from Portland. Um, it's uh, Fear's original drummer, Spit Sticks, in there. I got to see them live in San Francisco. And that's probably another one from that last question that would be like up there in a major um, performance for me. There's a lot of cool stuff coming out of Australia. Yeah, Amon the Sniffers just came out with a new album. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a whole new wave of, I guess, like alternative punk, would you say? Or I would call it punk. It's their own punk. Yeah. Um, it's kind of derived like out of UK D2 style, I'd say, mixed with a little bit of party. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like the chats. Yeah, the chats is on. Strangest taste in music. Not just I, I find I find something new and I hook on it for like a month. Okay. Like I'm, I grew up listening to like goth, punk, metal, hip hop. I'm like huge Missy Elliott fan, uh, Lizzo, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. But like lately in the last two years, one that's always stuck with me is L King. Absolutely love her, adore her, her live stuff. Um she's she's been doing a lot more lately. That and this chick, I was just showing them LP. I'm behind the times on this one. She's been around for a while. She's amazing. And like, yeah, my my taste changes up. You walk in and you'll hear like heavy metal blasting, and then another day you'll hear Lady Gaga or something. <laughs> it depends on the mood. It depends on the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. For, for whatever reason, every couple of years I seem to come back to visiting the, the Full Fugazi Library. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I just can't stop. Once I get in stuck in that loop, I'm there for months. I think Fugazi is It's warm. It's Fugazi. Nick, you have any ones that are on your playlist? Um, most of the stuff I've been listening to recently. It's pretty old stuff, like really old. Like uh, I've been listening to a little bit more of a uh, Django Reinhardt. Um, 
I don't know, some, I was listening to the cars the other day. I just had a, was in a mood for that. I, I can't say there's really any art, any uh, artists that I'm really stuck on right now. I'm still bouncing around quite a, quite a few different things. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was a pleasure meeting you and hearing about all the stuff that is Denoma. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having us. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with everyone from Denoma. Go check out their music and their live shows when you get a chance. Next week, we are going to be hearing conversation and music from Rob Wessel. Rob began teaching himself guitar somewhere between the age of 13 and 14 and began learning guitar riffs off rock records at age 15. Uh, You can hear more about him next Monday. Also, don't forget that we have the Friday Music Showcase coming up on, of course, Friday. If you want your music heard on our Music Showcase, please send an email to wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com with Friday Music Showcase in the subject of the email. If you want to be a guest on the Monday interview portion of the podcast, please fill out the guest request form on the website and look for a follow-up email asking for all your information pertaining to your music. It might land in your junk or spam folder, so check there. We also have t-shirts and hoodies available. Go to our website at www.wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. Click on Merch. And then click on the picture and it'll take you to a secure site where you can look at everything that we have in our merch store. All purchases are greatly appreciated and help support the podcast. Podcast theme music by Nate Wyckoff of Frequency Farm Recording Studio. Voiceover by Dean Bundy. Syndicated on CWHipHop.com, Wisconsin's online radio hip-hop station. Sponsored by... ZTF Studio and Diamond Dave Photography. Wisconsin Music Podcast was created, edited, mixed, and mastered by me, Zach T. Fell of ZTF Studio. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time.